We are a devastated people. The Bane War has ripped our planet apart. The civilized races have clustered into fearful tribes. For fifty years we isolated ourselves, and then, slowly, the people have begun to come out of hiding. The darkest days are behind us. The world of Ruberine is a dangerous place. While we're in a time of relative peace, there has been steady increase in raids and pillaging by aberrant beasts and attacks by monsters whose living areas seem to be encroaching upon our civilized lands. Rumors abound that there's a dark force causing unrest in the underworld, and it is seeping up to the surface. Wise men say this is because tainted artifacts from the Bane War remain in the ground and corrupt living things that get too close to them. Only now, another threat is rising. One that we did not suspect. That we never thought would harm us. That we trusted. And they turned on us. We did not know that they would cause so much carnage. But they aren't like the others. Their eyes are green. Solid green. When they look at you, you can tell they have no soul. If you survive, you will never forget their gaze. And now, the Guild of Geeks is proud to present Ruberine, the Lost Ones. 4th edition Dungeons and Dragons campaign in the late heroic tier. Hi, I'm Rob, and I play the arrogant, confident, successful, highly anticipated, never without a perfect hit rogue doppelganger named Black. I am Kyle Farron, and I play an outgoing but sober dwarf fighter named Boffer Stoudar. Hi, I'm Jared, and I play Panbull Joysword, a goofy, virtuous, human, paladin, barbarian I'm Simon. I play Dow Tumal, a very jolly, food-loving cleric. And I'm human. My name is Jeremy. I play the character of Elec, a dwarven sorcerer born during a storm and cast out from his clan. And I'm DM Samuel, and my job is to facilitate this adventure. So let's get to it. Let's go ahead and get started. Uh, quick recap. Um, in fact, very quick. You guys came into a town, and the town was uh, shut up and boarded up, and everybody was hiding in their homes. You eventually gained entrance into the local tavern, which was not open for business yet. You had a conversation with the tavern keep, whose name was Borndell, and you found out that a f- couple weeks earlier or a week earlier or so the town had been attacked by some green-eyed half eladrin half elf sort of uh fey beings uh but they didn't just come in and attack they sort of sent in a group and uh lulled the town into a false sense of security and were friendly and and stuff like that so they, they sort of manipulated the town um and then they and then they came back and attacked when the town was at its weakest part the point um then you uh and also he told you that 
a caravan came in and wanted to set up a little market and sell some wares, and they they told them no, and they sent the caravan on, and a rescue team. Uh, when the when the green-eyed beings came, they they killed a bunch of men, and they also stole a bunch of men. They kidnapped them. Um, so when the caravan left, a group of rescuers followed the caravan to the edge of the forest. The caravan went. Uh, the other direction turned and went around the forest, didn't go into the forest, and the rescuers went into the forest and haven't hadn't been heard from. So you guys uh, went into the forest. You were attacked by a group of archers, and a giant bug came out of the ground in the middle of the fight, and after prevailing in the fight, uh, you found a little hidey hole where the where the bug had been uh, laying eggs and nesting, and there were a bunch of men down there, and they happened to be men from the town, and they were the rescuers. So you had some conversations, you helped them get out of the hole. Um, you had actually kidnapped, or sorry, not kidnapped, you had actually gotten, uh, captured one of the Eldrin slash elf fey beings alive, uh, and down in the hole. And he had basically surrendered. And then Boffer jumped into the hole because he thought that the group was in trouble and uh, slayed the slayed the captured Eladrin. So you weren't able to get any answers uh, from the Eladrin. Also, so, whoever played me played me perfectly. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, as you guys were going to escort the, because several of the pe- of the men were hurt, and as you were going to escort them back to town, something caught your eye over in in the forest. And when you went, you walked over there into the clearing, and you found five other men hanged from trees, swaying in the breeze. Uh, so you cut them down. You crafted little um, makeshift cots, and you carried them back to town. And you got to town. And that's sort of where we ended. Now, the last session, uh, we had several people who couldn't make it. So uh, what we did was we basically played a flashback episode where Black and um, Dav and uh, Pangold were in the in the brothel uh, in uh, in Cabbageton, right? And. Uh, and and you guys learned that the they were beasts, not women, and you slayed them, and set fire to the building and escaped. Um, but uh, that that's where the story arose, where you had um, destroyed the uh, destroyed the um, the brothel and and killed the village women there uh, in Cabbageton. So. Uh, we played that flashback. It was a lot of fun, actually. We played it mapless, and uh, and we just went with it, and it, it was it was great fun. Um, that was a good time for sure. So, yeah, that was yeah, that was, was session. Was yeah, technically that was that was session four, technically, but um, it it's not session four. It was actually uh, session zero. Excuse me. Appendix, <laughs> right? It was sort of session flashback one or flashback session one. Uh, and so this technically is session five, but it's really more like session four. Um, session three is the one in which you completed the battle that started with, with Dov getting uh, hit in the leg with an arrow. Um, and then you found the hanging 
the hanged men and then went back to town. Now, you just had come back into town. So that's your recap. Uh, so basically, everybody's coming back into town, and we're going to pretend like Nikolai is with us uh, real quick, uh, just in the background, and then we'll take care of that later because Jenny's no longer going to be with us. So um, we'll deal with that. Uh, I have something planned. So um, you come back into town, and you're met in town by Black, who uh, had stayed in town to try to convince the people that they should be confident and they should leave their houses and they should go work their fields and they should live their lives just as normal, even though there is this sort of threat of these Eldrin and, and elves coming back to attack them again, but, you know, Black did a really good job convincing them that they should go on with their lives rather than be holed up in their houses. So when we when you get back to town, people are out and about and they're doing things. No one's in the fields because it's getting to be dusk and, and people have already come in for the day, but there are lots of people in town, and when they, when they see you uh, coming up, people sort of run out and say, hey, you know, they're coming and they found people and... Uh, let me refresh your memory on the names of people that you know. Um, the names of people that you know. You know Kern, who is the who was the captain of the guard. He's the one that had the broken leg, okay. And Tarbell was the guy that had put his put his hand out of the dirt so that you knew that people were in there and was saying, "Help us escape," okay. He was the one that sort of took charge. He was the blacksmith right in town. Um, the people that you found with them that are still alive are Luca, Port, Limdy, Grand, and Spindle. And the five people that you found hanged were Lance, Bearden, Naughty, Lutz, and Frederick. Uh, the tavern keeper was Borndell, and the tavern keeper's daughter, remember you saw, Black saw her through the window, and she's the one that said, you know, if they're bad people, they don't knock, you know, so let them in because they're knocking. Uh, her name is Lizette. And other than that, you don't really know anybody in town yeah. so there you have it yeah but they all know me that's what counts right <laughs> uh except they don't they don't because uh they picked up the dwarves on the way <laughs> out of town and black wasn't with them so black you see them coming up and you're sort of puzzled because it looks like to you that these dwarves are adventurers and all the other men with them are townspeople but you don't know the dwarves so I don't know the dwarves. No, you can roll a history check for me if you <clears throat> if you want to see if you sort of might recognize them just by the stories that you've heard. You don't know them by sight. You've never seen them before, but you do know that uh, it, it's rumored that in this area there's a, a pair of dwarves that uh, that are sort of the treasure hunter type, and they. They're rumored to be very wealthy because they're very good at their jobs, and they're they're basically hired mercenaries, but they're basically hired to find things and return them for people and not to go out and be mercenaries like killers. But you've never uh, you've never you've never seen them in real life and you've never run across them, but you have heard of them and you suspect this might be them, but you're not quite sure. Okay. But I see my other two friends, right? Oh, yeah. You see Pangold and Nikolai and um, Alec, er, sorry, and, and Dav. Okay. Well, naturally, I'll walk up to uh, the ones I know and tell them that uh, what a great job I've been doing and how much the town <laughs> is responding to me and that, uh, that they really missed out on some good food while they were on the road and some good ale. Food? 
Ale. And ale, we, yep. We could do with some of that. <laughs> we found bodies. You found <laughs> bodies? Oh, yeah, we need to find the village elders and sort of like... Because we brought the bodies back, haven't we? Yes, so so basically people start rushing over when they see that you're carrying cots and dragging little makeshift cots. And, of course, the other men that were with you that are alive have sort of entered town and said, everyone, you know, come and help and let's get these bodies properly prepared for burial and stuff like that. And they're telling stories to their wives and girlfriends and children and stuff like that. You hear well, uh, you hear, you hear Tarble uh, telling several of the townsfolk that uh, – that that this this brave group here has rescued him and and the other men and and that they they fought a, a hard battle and that they should be treated with great respect and and great deference because uh, when they were in the when they were in the hole they thought they were going to die there they didn't figure that they could be rescued because they were the rescue team and they had failed at their jobs. No, no. So, so he's going around telling a story about how lame they were, and uh, and how <clears> awesome <throat> we are, how great we are. Well, he's but, he's very honest, right? He he yeah. had made a comment. He I was just gonna in say, a, that's, yeah, in that's in the, in the session that in the session that you missed, uh, he had made a comment to Boffer about you know that because Boffer was asking him, you know, what what was your mission here, and he said that he, you know they were coming to rescue all of their other townsfolk and obviously they had failed at their job and and they were afraid they were going to be slaughtered by the by the giant bug um and he's basically repeating that same story uh to all the townsfolk i mean he's he's getting everyone to rally around and and sort of uh telling them the truth actually cool that's to his credit i think <laughs> well uh, by the grace of naduinui we were sent to rescue you. And uh, as as he as people come around and start asking us about the story, like, wow, is this really what happened? Well, uh, I'll mention a couple times that there was a nice little, you know, weakness in one of the part, underbelly parts that looks like it was made by a knife wound. So we know that uh, Thorin's uh, pretty handy with a knife, just to give him a little bit of, you know, extra credit in the town, make him seem a little more heroic than. You know, we got trapped and we all thought we were going to die. Awesome. And uh, Alec looks across and says, hey, I held the rope. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like my work here is done. Um, I sent the right crew out to get the job done for you guys, and I promised you that they would bring some people back, so that's happened. I think I'm going to retire now. And I walk back to the tavern. <laughs> um, several of the uh, of the townsfolk are sort of heading over to the temple uh, with Kern, who is the he's the guy with the broken leg. He was actually the leader of the rescue squad. Uh, he hasn't said very much, um, but he he was the one that that was very injured. So he, they're sort of accompanying him over there. So uh, basically, in the in the span of you know. A few minutes after Tarble was kind of telling everyone of your heroism, everybody disperses and goes about their evening, and they go home to fix dinner and and accompany their their uh, their family members that they're so happy to have found alive. Uh, and there are several people there that are sort of uh, mourning over the the ones that were dead. 
So is it pretty um, safe to say that there are more bad guys out there? I mean, we didn't take out, like, this entire organization <laughs> or anything, right? Uh, that's... you... Well, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it's it's up to you. You know, so here's the way it happened. You guys walked into the clearing. You were sort of ambushed. Uh, their pet it's all a big blur for Boffer. Their, yeah, their, their pet bug came out to join the fight. And, uh, and then as you dispatched all of those enemies, when you were leaving, you found more men hanged. Yeah. So, so that that would indicate that probably it, yeah. either they were ha- hanged before the battle, or they were hanged after the battle, or maybe during yeah. the battle when you weren't looking. So I'm going to ask my party members then, like, are we are we in this town to like take this take this thing to the very end? I mean, or, or are we the kind of people who want to move on and see what other fortune we can find in? In the neighboring town? I mean, what's what's the plan here? With the A-team, we're wanted men. There's a young, there's a young woman, there's a young woman who's leaning over uh, a sort of older gentleman who was one of the ones that were hanged. And she hears you say that, and she looks up at you, and she says, But you can't leave. You can't leave oh, yet. A widower, just my type. <laughs> um, she's about 12. I don't think she's oh. a widower. Okay. Yeah. Besides, you said you went off to the bar already again. A twelve-year-old right. for a widower. I'm looking for a widower. <laughs> okay. Well. Well, I ask her what she suggests that we should do then. What What's on her priority list? You know. So are we gonna have a tea party? Do you actually say that to her? Yeah. Yeah. I ask her like, well, what What would you have us do then? No, I meant the tea party comment. Oh no, I don't say that. <laughs> she uh, she looks down uh, once again at the gentleman, and then she looks up and she says, "She says I think my da would be happy if you came and had dinner with me and Ma." Sounds good to me. That doesn't sound hard. <laughs> so Simon, if 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 Dav is really saying that, you need to say that because the audience cannot hear your what you're typing. I'll type louder. Oh, I'm. <laughs> I'm going over to the temple with the villagers. If you need me, I'll be there. Okay, there are two temples in this town. There's a temple to Nadinui, and then there's a That's temple the to... That's the temple we're going to. There's a temple to Janter as well. Get that guy. We have no janitors here. Off to Nadinui's temple. <laughs> did, did he just say we don't have genitals? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you donated them all to Tensor's Floating Dicks. Oh, Speak for yourself, uh, human. I thought that would never come back to haunt me, but it did. <laughs> but it did. Hey, uh, so I'm. Boffer decides to go to the temple of people who are making food for them. Well, so the so the young woman or young girl, I guess, is a more appropriate. Although when you're 12 in this world, uh, you're on, on the cusp, I suppose. Uh, she has asked. She's basically just invited you all to go to dinner with her and her mother, and it's sort of apparent that the man that she is sort of looking at is probably her father. It's a dog. Her parents. Yeah, Dov has gone off, and he's he's a you know accompanying lots of people to the temple because I'm sure he thinks he can help heal them. And then of course the temple is basically across the street from the alehouse, so he'll, yes, he'll probably. I can see you from here. Yeah, he'll, he'll probably end up in the tavern. 
two people every five minutes for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alec takes the little girl's hand and uh, helps her stand up and says, let's have some dinner and follows her back to the house. Okay, so who else is going uh, to the house? I'm not turning down a home-cooked meal. Yeah, I am as well. I'm following him. <clears throat> okay, Black, is Black going to the house, or is he going to the tavern? No, I have no no uh, idea what just happened there. I'm looking for widowers in the tavern, or widows <laughs> in the tavern. <laughs> Too bad we're going to a widow's house. I know, it's a good thing I'm not there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you guys, as you guys are sort of accompanying her away and she's leading you by the hand to her house, uh, you notice that s- several of the young men in the town, they come and they start carrying the bodies uh, back to a different part of town. And, and you, you assume they're going to either burn them in a pyre or dig graves for them. Um, well, <laughs> that, will, that will bless over them before they take the bodies elsewhere. Well, you've already walked off to the temple, so Dav won't do that. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Never split the party. The um, I'm waiting at the temple. Do I see, do I see Dav at the temple? Um, it depends. Right when, me, right? when did when did you go? Well, yes, but he's inside the temple, so. Oh, okay. I mean, you, you know, <laughs> you you probably right. as you were walking to the temple, you saw him break away from the group and go. Or as you were walking to the tavern, you saw him break away and go to the temple. I mean, you can watch and make sure you know where everybody's going. It's not like right. you, you know. I was just going to take Dav and Ale while he works. That's all. I was going to be a supporter. And maybe some chicken. Oh, you can do that. That's fine. Yeah. Um, okay, so you get to the woman's house. And uh, when the little girl walks into the room... Uh, into the house, the the woman sort of comes around the corner to greet her and then is surprised to see you all behind her. And she's sort of shocked at seeing this group of people, um, especially containing two dwarves who she's not really familiar with. Yeah. (laughs) You have that effect on people. It's because my brother is so good looking. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's terrible. (laughs) Um, she, the little girl turns around and, uh, by way of introduction, she, she looks at all of you and she says, this is my ma. Her name is Hermaeth. Good evening, Hermaeth. How's the chicken, Hermione? What'd you say? (laughs) (laughs) Guys, don't make fun of names. Names are hard. You come up with a better name. They are, dude, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so, um, so, so Boffer doesn't refer to her by her name, but just in, introduces himself politely as, to her as ma'am kind of thing. Like, thank you for letting us in your house, I guess, even though she didn't really know that was happening. <laughs> yeah, she's she's shocked. Um, well, Alex steps forward and, and shakes her hand and thanks her for welcoming us here and says, we have a bit of bad news. You may want to sit down. Oh, not until after dinner. <laughs> she um she she looks down at her daughter and and looks up at you again and she says, "I don't know you. You're not from town." Yeah, that's true. That's kind of why we have bad news. She's just she's sort of I'm you know, uh, if anybody's passive insight is above fifteen, then you you sort of. 
you get the feeling that she already knows, obviously, because her husband didn't come walking through the door with the daughter. So she's not she's not a, a fool, but she's not uh, she's also not forthcoming with you know. Oh no, tell me what's happened. She's just sort of waiting for you to say something. All right. Well, uh, I'm gonna use diplomacy to try and say this is as uh, soothingly as possible. Trying to be this is... not as blunt. Thirteen. I failed horribly. (laughs) Well, from a scale of one to dead, he's nearer to dead. (laughs) You guys are heartless. (laughs) Um, So what are you really saying, though? Well, let's see. Um, I would also like to try diplomacy to soften the blow and... uh, make her see that we care and we're here to help and so forth and so on, you know. Okay, but remember the rule that that now that somebody's already rolled diplomacy, the best you can do is assist them with your role. So, okay. You know, so the, the rule is one person gets to do the main skill, and, and if anybody else wants to also attempt that, it becomes an assist. Um, now, Which, the other the other thing is, I mean, this is a social interaction, so you know, if you end up telling me what you're saying and it's really good, you're if you even if you roll badly, it's not going to matter because you'll have role played that very well and it'll and it'll work. So, you know, th- this is sort of a combination of role playing and and rolling the dice. Uh, so a, a bad roll doesn't necessarily sink you, but a bad roll will sink you if you say, well, you see, your husband's gone, but hey, look, here's black. Okay. Um, hey, that should give us bonuses. Well, so... What are you talking about? <laughs> so, well, quick question: Do we know that he was one of the guys who was hung? Yeah, he was one of the ones that was hung that you carried back on a cot. Okay, so she's she's aware of the fact that he went he went missing. Like, so there's probably a good chance that like she knows what's coming if we're sharing some bad news. Right, and I think uh, you were away. You were away for a second, but I, yeah. I told them anybody with an insight over twelve or fifteen understands that she instinctively knows because her husband didn't come back with the daughter that he's probably dead. But she also is sort of shocked because here's a bunch of people standing in her home that she doesn't know, including well, a tiefling. Because remember, Nikolai is actually with you. Yeah. Right. Well, as so, a dwarf, I don't have. Too much um, experience recognizing human emotion and such, which is another way of saying that my passive insight sucks. <laughs> but mine's great, so it's not about being a dwarf. Stop making excuses because <laughs> of your race, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, since Alec has approached her and said, you know, we have a bit of bad news, and tell, it explains to her that. Uh, Alec and Boffer uh, met up with the rest of this group that were coming from their village and uh, they were uh, this group she may have already seen them earlier in the square or whatever that this group was looking for their their rescue party and we did come across and explain that you know we saw these green eyed creatures and we fought the big bug and we were able to save everyone we could but amongst the casualties was her husband. And you know, we're very sorry for her loss. And, and we're here that, to offer our help if they, she needs anything. Right, we That's we, what we definitely. Interjects. 
yeah, the the brother stout armor here to stay to help out in the situation. Okay, so as you're telling her all that, she um, okay, so we're we're gonna say that's a much longer conversation than what you just said, but basically what what you said is what you're telling her during this conversation. So that's really good. Right. And uh, during that time, she has sort of led you all back into the into the kitchen area where there's a large table and had you sit and she has sat with you and the daughter is sort of stirring this big pot of stew and stuff like that and uh and she's listening to you and she's responding and it's a conversation and um but when you mention the the green-eyed beasts she sort of looks at you and and she said and 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 she listens to you she lets you finish and then she says she says you saw you saw the green eyes. I say until they clouded over, yes. Clouded over. What do you mean? What does it mean clouded over? We we finished some of them off to protect uh, the town. But their their eyes, they were green with with white or green with no white. Green with no white, from what we could tell. Oh no! Does does this mean something to you? Is this? Do you have more information about this? She uh, she sort of looks down and she thinks for a long while about what she's gonna tell you, and uh, and she sort of starts getting fidgety. Right? She sort of brushes her hair back away from her eyes and fixes her shirt and and messes with her apron and looks around and looks at the daughter and and she she's obviously wants to talk but it doesn't she's afraid you can tell um and she starts to sort of tell you a story and and it's a story of a of a little girl who grew up near the forest and who used to travel into the forest um several times during her lifetime and made friends with different uh, creatures in the forest. And it sounds almost like a fairy tale as she starts to tell you, because it's not just that she's making friends, quote unquote, friends in the forest, but she tells you, you know, how she was talking to deer and elk and squirrels and chipmunks and the tree spirits and these different things, right. That sounds sort of, you know, Maybe she's uh, drinking a little bit, or she was just in a fantasy world because she was a little girl or something like that. Um, but then she tells you that she made friends with with a group of elves that were living on the outskirts of the forest. And they became friends with her, and they would tell her stories. And one of the stories that they told her was that um, they have a place called the Garden of Graves where... It's an ancient burial ground for all of the all of the elves that are sort of renowned in their tribe. And one of the things that happens is that when they embalm the elves to put them into the burial cairns, their eyes turn solid green. Mm. And that's the only time that she's ever heard of them as as an and a sort of fey creature having solid green eyes. Is when they're dead. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Dev, Dev's in the temple. Dang it! 
Um, I also um, use the divine power source. <laughs> can uh, can I do a, a a history check to see if I've heard about any of this before? Sure. All right, just to kind of verify the story from my own meaning, uh, own memory. I realize I'm not necessarily from the area, and it may not work out so hot, but we'll see what happens. Beat a four. That's what you rolled last time. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll assist. Hey. Um, there you go. You haven't, you haven't heard, you haven't heard of this particular thing before, but you do know that the Fey, the Fey races, um, Eldrin and Elf and, and a couple of other, you know, sprites and pixies and whatnot, uh, dryads, they have particular rituals and they're, they're, uh, in, in a lot of cases, um, their cultures have a more of a hierarchical sort of thing that they do at death where, you know, it, it's almost like, uh, like we would think of the pharaohs kind of thing where if you're a really high powered person in that society when you get when you pass on you get a sort of um um a very rich sort of burial and a very ritualistic sort of celebrated thing and they'll do things like embalm and do all these different things that, that most cultures and most quote-unquote civilized cultures in this world don't necessarily do. But the fey creatures will do that, and then they weave fey magic around the burial site so that it's sort of a closed space, right, that it's difficult to find, and you can't just go there and walk around, that you have to gain entry there and things like that. And it's quite possible that they would do rituals at that time to to do something to inf- maybe that infusion of, of fey magic makes their eyes green. You, you're sort of, you don't really know about that part, but it is possible. Although you, you've never heard of anything specific like this. Okay. All right. Well, Boffer is going to ask her if she knows of any like legitimate elf tribes nearby, like preferably living ones. <laughs> that one, that way we could, you know, at least find out, you know, if the elves themselves aren't involved in, like, resurrecting these things or whatever, they would at least know, like, is this supposed to be happening? <laughs> is this an anomaly? I mean, they could help us explain what's going on and perhaps yeah. stop it if, if they're not the cause. Well, I, um, she, uh, she starts pulling bowls out of the cabinet and filling them up and handing them out to you. <clears throat> and as she's doing that, she says... I haven't been to the forest in many a year. I haven't seen elves in probably 35 years here, other than the ones that attacked. But those weren't right. They weren't weren't elves. They were half Eladrin and half elf. They just, they weren't, they weren't the elves I knew in my youth. I couldn't tell you if the elves were alive or not. I haven't been there in so long. Hmm. Is there anybody in the town who would be better informed on the goings-on in the woods? No, don't tell anyone that I've told you this. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's forbidden for us to go into the forest. Long ago, there was a fight, and we made a pact that we would not encroach upon the forest. We're not allowed to go there. If, so they, knew that, if, if they knew that I went there even as a child, I would, I would be shunned. So how was the... 
village able to send this search party if they're not supposed to be going into the forest? Well, they came and attacked us. Things have changed now. That was the pact when we were friendly, that we would not encroach on each other's land. Oh, sure, a few of them would come to the village every once in a while. They would come through and trade with us, but never attack us, and they were always just coming through. This time it was different. They attacked us, and now now we had to try to get our kinfolk back. So my question is, <laughs> my question is, is, uh, oh, now I can't even think of it. Oh, did, did she think that the people coming into the town was the initial breaking of the pact, or, or does she think that this is a result of someone from the town breaking the pact? Maybe that's a little bit too deep of a question to ask her. Um, I'm not sure what you mean, so the... Like, because obviously there was a pact at one time, and now things have changed, but were the people coming into the town kidnapping people, was that the people, the the fey creatures breaking the pact, or was that the fey creatures retaliating to someone from the town breaking the pact? No, she doesn't, she's not even sure that the pact has been broken, because she's not wholly convinced that the things that came and attacked the town were from were originally okay. from the forest, right? So uh, basically the, what she's saying is she used to go to the forest when she was young. She wasn't supposed to. Don't tell anyone because she'll get in trouble if they know because who knows what problems that could cause now, you know, now that there's this sort of weird, violent thing going on. But several years have passed since the pact was made, and the only uh, contact they had with any sorts of elves were ones that were leaving the forest to go out and trade and then would go back to the forest, and there was never any problem. It was always only one or two. But then the two weeks ago thing happened where all these half-Eladrin, half-elf beasts came in and manipulated the town and then started slaughtering everybody. That was different. Okay. Like they nobody she doesn't know what triggered that. So she's not necessarily making a connection between the pact and that event. She's just saying please don't tell anyone because she doesn't want someone to think that she knows something about the elves because she was going there when she was younger. Because then okay. they would also know that she broke the law which was the pact that they wouldn't go into the forest. Okay, so we reassure, or I do reassure, that we won't tell anybody what she's told us, but we do need to pursue this line of thinking further if we're going to figure out what the problem is. You're going to pursue it further? Is that what you said? Like, we're going to have to ask other people in the town about this. We won't necessarily tell them that she told us anything, but we're going to have to pursue this line of thinking further with other people in the town if we want to get to the root of the problem. But I want to reassure her that we're not going to divulge what she's told us on the basis that it was her that told us in the first place. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, she's not... That's fine with her. She just doesn't want okay. you to tell them what tell she them. said about going into the forest. And also, you know, what she said about... you know, she. So basically she tells you that what she knows about the ancient burial place, no one in town, no one else in town will know that because none of them ever had any contact with elves. In a not way anybody that, really old? <laughs> well, no, it's just when she was younger, she would go and she made friends with them. So she would go listen to their stories and all that, and that's yeah. where she learned it. Whereas no one here has had any contact other than the few elves coming through town here and there the past okay. several years, right? And they right. and they and the elves wouldn't tell those stories about the ancient burials. Cool. I think we're on the same page now. <laughs> okay. Buffer's a little slow. <laughs> 
too many hits in okay, there. You, you, you gave everybody time to eat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> cool. Uh, okay. So what's next, gang? I say as I tighten my ascot. (laughs) (laughs) Why was it loose? That's what I want to know. (laughs) I bet you do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what's what's Dav doing in the uh, temple? Um, Dav eventually walked up to the front of the temple, having never actually stood in front of a congregation himself. He's usually been part of the congregation. Um, He'll stand there nervously for a good few minutes while everybody looks at him, the occasional (coughs) cough in the audience. And um, he'll he'll raise his arms as though he's about to say something, look around, still nervous, and then quickly he'll say, So! Make a few of the children jump and cry, maybe. Um, We're uh, kind of gathered here in... Thanks that we're all alive. No, 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 that's not what I meant. Um, um, and he'll just he'll just try and give a... a, a he's never had a, given a speech to a, a, a true audience before. And he'll it, it, it'll make a few fluffs, but um, he'll, he'll still try and console the, uh, the churchgoers uh, and say that Nedui has a task for everybody, whether it be in this life or the next life. And um, he'll talk for as long as he can, for at least a minute, and um, okay. then go down um, and speak directly to people. Ab- about halfway through your sort of stumbling talk, uh, a very large, and when I say large, I mean very tall and muscular man comes out, and he's wearing a sort of a clerical robe get-up, and... Uh, and he's completely bald, and he's wearing uh, glasses. And he comes out, and he, he comes next to you, and he he um, he sort of puts his arm around your shoulder, and he says, he says, brother, brother, it's okay. Perhaps your services would be better used over here in the healing room. And he tries to sort of lead you back into a different room. Um, I. Uh... Yes, yes, I suppose they would be. He leads you back into this other room, and there's about three or four people there, and there's a a couple of women that are very, very sick, like they've got some sort of like virus or disease maybe, and then there's the guy that had the broken leg, um, and then there's a couple other people with like minor cuts and bruises and maybe a broken arm or two. Um, there, there's about ten people in the room altogether, and uh, he says, I've, I've been praying to Nadinoe for them... To get better, and he nods his head at the sick women, and he says, "But they seem to not recover ever." Perhaps oh, you can. Help um, them. Uh, uh, yes, yes, I'm sure Nadine will um, will find grace in their illness. Um, l- let me take a closer look. I'll take a closer look. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you wanna you wanna roll a heel check? Oh, didn't mean to roll it twice. Okay, take the first. Uh, take the first one. That's all right. Um, so they just have some sort of common, like, virus, maybe waterborne kind of virus, and, and you can actually heal them up and make their the ulcerated parts of their stomach heal up. Um, there. So uh, they, take these three times a day. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you, would, you would probably just put your, put your hand on their stomachs and say a prayer. 
Um, and you might you might give them a little packet of herbs and tell them that. But but basically, your divine magic would be healing the ulcers in their stomach, so they're no longer getting worse. They'll actually start getting better. Okay. <laughs> three drinks of ale three times a day. That's your. <laughs> okay. I'll I'll look at the guy with the broken leg. Okay. Here, look, we can, let's see what we can do for you, my fine fellow. <laughs> All right. I, I, I rub the recent wound on my thighs in memory. Yeah. <clears throat> so you notice that his his leg is uh, is pretty bad off because uh, it was broken and it also had been had poison in it in the open wound there, uh, and uh, he'll probably never be healed completely. Um, I mean, he'll heal, but he'll probably always have a limp. Yeah. So uh, you can do a lot to help him, but he's really just going to need to rest for a couple weeks um, and heal up naturally for the most part. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll tell you. Um, I think we can see... Yes, this will take a little time to heal. You get yourself home to your good lady wife and, and get her to make you some broth. He nods his head. You notice he hasn't said anything since the forest. He's he's sort of almost in shock, it seems like. Are you okay there, fellow? Rub his forehead and say, poor little bunny. (laughs) (laughs) A voice in my head seemed to tell me to rub his forehead. (laughs) (laughs) So so Dav is is, uh, out at the temple helping everybody. What's Black doing? Um, I'm going to slip away into a quiet corner, and uh, Red is going to come out and have a good time. Okay. Red Rumhammer is going to carouse, look for any uh, anybody crying in their ale. Uh, if, if, the, if the tavern is boring, then I'm going to head over to, uh, I'm going to buy, I don't know, ten ales and head over to the temple, carrying as much as I can. Well, so so the so the issue though is now, uh, when you turn into red, everybody starts talking to you as though you're one of the L, uh, one of the dwarves that helped the party and that's and not an issue. The... Well, no, so uh, they're gonna start. They're not gonna let you leave the tavern because they want you to tell stories about what you guys found over there in the forest and oh. what's this bug that everybody keeps talking about and. And, uh, and, and, you oh, know, that's fine. I how many of those that. elves did you guys kill? So, so you're going to have to, you know, embellish and, uh, and, and tell stories. And <laughs> that, the bug was huge. Biggest bug I'd ever seen. It had no less than 10 legs, one <laughs> blade. That's right. And I tell you with my mighty ax and my, and my, uh, brother in beside me, I felled each leg with a mighty chop. I didn't leave anything left for anybody else to kill. <laughs> My mohawk trimmed his underbelly as I passed through underneath him, chopping at his leg. <laughs> I'm having a good time. I don't need to leave the tavern. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what are you guys doing back in the house? <clears throat> well, we've finished dinner, and uh, we've we've got this information... And uh, Alec looks over to uh, Pan Gold and uh, asks him, 
do you need to take this information to the rest of, of your people, your, of, of the party? Yeah, I'd better go over and uh, talk with Black about this. And then after after we confer, we'll go and, and talk to Dav. It seems like he's got his hands full with parishioners. All right, well, I, I haven't met Black yet, so... Um... Oh, he's a great guy, great, fantastic guy. Couldn't speak more highly of him. <laughs> Sounds like an interesting <laughs> fellow. So, uh, so we. Ellie what does he look like? To, uh, so we may recognize him upon seeing him. Oh wow! Uh, well, you guys. Well, wait, 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 wait. You guys saw him when you came into town because oh, okay. he was wait. He was waiting at the town gates. So to you, he looks like a tall human in in black in black leather armor. Okay, Buffer's like, oh, of course, of course. Never mind. So you Sorry, you I were got... intro- you you were introduced, but you didn't. Like meet him okay, and okay. talk and stuff. You just were introduced and were exchanging stories with everyone. So it, there wasn't any like personal get to know you time there. Okay. Yes, we'd right. like to spend more time with that guy. Everybody Find does. Out more about him. <laughs> okay. So, so Alec, Alec turns to Hermaeth and thanks her for her hospitality and uh, reconfirms what Pangold said about how we won't tell the rest of the town her secret. Um, but we'll definitely look into things here and follows Pangold out the door and off to wherever we're going. Okay. So you guys yeah, are heading, you're heading across, uh, across the street there to the tavern. Um, Dav, you're, you're pretty done. I mean, you're, it didn't take you that long to heal everybody and, and to sort of figure out that most of the injuries are what you would consider basically minor um, but of course, to these townsfolk, they were pretty. You know, the, the two women could have died from their from their whatever they had, an intestinal discomfort. Um, and and his his leg, it, it, you took basically the rest of the poison out of it, so he probably could have had problems later on if you didn't look at that. Um, and, and the other the other people, you know, you you know, you, you took care of him, but to you it wasn't all that major. But it was draining because there was about ten or twelve people there, so. Um, of course, they are uh, extremely thankful that you have come, and and you know the the other the other guy was also standing near them and praying and oh. doing different things, and so of course you know they they are blessing Nadinoe and and blessing you, and and they're you know they feel better already, you know, kind of thing. So um, you did a good job, and uh, and the, the the other priest he thanks you, and and you know tells you to come back anytime and and if there's anything that you need to let him know oh um thank you thank you thank you okay uh, I'll, I'll i'll go back to my friends okay so uh so you guys leave the house and you're you're going you're heading to the tavern and then uh you see uh dav come out of the temple and he's also heading to the tavern i'll lean over and, and put my hands on my knees to start with and go Oh God! <laughs> and then walk over towards the tavern. So you you guys see you guys see Dav really just fatigued because he's first you guys fought and then you walked the four miles back to town and then without a break he went and healed everyone so he's pretty fatigued. Um, and as you're heading up to the to the tavern, the little girl runs out of her house and she says, "Wait, wait, wait! Where are you going? Aren't you going into the forest?" And we're like, shh, Mm-mm. no one's supposed to know we're talking about the forest. What forest? Aren't you going back? You should go back. You have to avenge my father. Okay, but we need to rest first because we're really tired. 
We gotta <laughs> take naps too. Grown ups take naps. And I want I to go with nap. you. I have to uh, avenge my father too. Nope, not happening. We appreciate your spirit. Buffer's <laughs> <laughs> not very good at talking to kids. But, uh, you should really take care of your mother. Your mother oh, needs yeah. you more than your father does right now. Yeah, good call, Pangold. Uh, yeah. She sort of, uh, she looks down and she sort of sighs and slowly turns around and starts walking back to her house. And you can tell she's really disappointed because she really wanted to go into the, uh, into the forest. Ellie reaches out and grabs her on the shoulder and stops her and says, listen, little one, we'll have a job for you. Stay here by your mother's side. We'll come back and we will need your help. She sort of shrugs you off and keeps walking. Elick looks back at Boffer and says, eh, I tried to cheer her up a bit. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we just created the first emo. We can't have created the first emo. Emos have to hate their parents. Right? <laughs> no, they hate themselves. They, they hate oh, everything. Okay, so... <laughs> By now, right, do I so have a tavern in uproar and they're cheering and having a good time? Well, yeah, of course. I What's mean, that, as, soon as, you, as soon as you came into the room and you had, like, five mugs in each hand all full of beer and you sat down at a big table and everybody sort of grabbed one of the things of ale and everybody just was drinking and asking you to tell stories about, you know, all of your exploits and you've been, you know, telling some truths and some exaggerations and some half-truths and all that stuff, so. Heck yeah. That's how I roll. Now, here's the thing. So when you guys come into the tavern, um, now remember that no one knows that red rum hammer right. is black. However, uh, Pangle Joysword and Dav Tumal have had experience with this dwarf with the mohawk. Because when you guys were in Cabbageton, he came in and started getting drunk, and he's the first one that went up stairs with some of the women. So when Dav and Pangold ah. see Red Rumhammer, they're going to be puzzled, like, how in the hell did that? Like, they might start thinking that he followed you guys here from Cabbageton. No, got, that's exactly it. I got it covered. Don't you worry. <laughs> so what so, I'm saying, like, for, you know. so that everyone understands what's going on, you know, right. no one really knows who this person is. Now, here's the other problem. The townsfolk only saw two dwarves come back with the party, not three. So if they start paying attention and counting, they're going to see that Dav and Pangold and Nikolai and uh, and Elik and Boffer all came in. Right. And Elik and Boffer are the dwarves that were with them in the beginning, whereas... Where did red come from? So, exactly. Uh, depending on how long you stay in the tavern, you might start having issues. Oh no! Depends if you can count. Another round for everybody. The strongest stuff you got for my fellows that just came well, in. <clears throat> but here's the thing, though. Here, here's the thing. Remember that you're in a town where about a week and a half ago they were lulled into a false sense of security by a bunch of elves who got them all drunk. So, right, but I'm a dwarf. <laughs> right, but, okay. they all, but they're sensitive is all I'm telling you. So it's not going to be right. as easy as you think it is as soon as if one or two of them start figuring out and questioning what's going on, they might well, start. I think, 
thinking something. They might like that. figure it out because Boffer is immediately going to go up to this dwarf and be like, "Who are you?" I I be Red <laughs> Rumhammer from the Clan Rumhammers. I came because of your exploits in this in this area with trade and mercenary. I am strong at the arm and ready to serve. I've I've hang up. I've hung out with the Dov there. Uh, a couple of times, remember those uh, winches at that uh, cabbage with the cabbage patch, cabbage. Ah, uh, uh, <coughs> yes. It was a great. It was a grand time. <laughs> I've come to be of assistance in this mighty quest you guys are about to partake to save the vi- village. Huzzah! Save the village. Okay, well I poke him. I'll vouch for it a little bit. I'd be like, well, I don't like the look of you. I think I'm making a bad name for dwarves everywhere. No, 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 he looks fine. I sort of walk over and I'm like, why is it that every time we see this little red mohawk, there always seems to be trouble following it? Because that's the good dwarven way. And I poke the other dwarf back. (laughs) It's so on. Elik Elik looks across the bar and says, no one pokes my brother. I got a finger uh, for you too, buddy. I would like to use my thunder slam against red. (laughs) Okay. Go ahead. Uh, this now, is a. Uh, is this a, a, a is this a blast or a burst or something, or is this someone? Um, it, it's it's just a, a ranged attack, range ten. I assume he's close enough for that. Now, do you use a uh, a a wand or a staff or something? What do you what do, what's what do you use? I have a stormbiter warblade dagger plus two. Okay, and so you you pull that out and start waving it around to cast the uh, spell, or I pull the just... dagger out point it straight at him and say, nobody pushes my brother and begin evoking the thunderslam. Okay, now as soon as, as, wait, 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 as soon as, wait, 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 as soon as that happens and before Dav jumps in, all of the patrons start like scrambling away and like, oh my God, there's going to be a fight. And they're sort of like scrambling away to the, to the sides of the, rooms to squeeze against the walls as close as they can. Some people run outside and they're yelling, fight, there's a fight, and things like that. Now, Dav, what are you doing? Um, I'll stand and sort of like, uh, shake. no, no, stop, stop, stop this argument. The, the villagers, you'll scare the villagers. And I'll put myself between the two. No, no, no. I'm waving my arms and you can't see me. Move your bloody priest. No, now, no, you, he's... throw your weapon. Um, you, it's, you can just move out of the way and, and still attack if you still want to attack. Dab it, I don't need to be hiding behind those, uh, no three skirts. You hit like a girl. I'll stand here. Give me your best shot. <laughs> no, stop. Stop, you foolish people. Well, it is our dwarven custom. Let us, let us get this done with. Oh, the more you say stuff like that, Boffer just hates it more and more. He's like, you, you don't know a thing about what being a dwarf is. He starts, like, foaming at the mouth. You see him start patting oh, his sides, looking for something that he can hit. Uh, so you need to uh, to roll an attack roll. Yes. And this is uh, versus fortitude. You hit. All right. <laughs> and... It's the 22 damage, and it pushes him back three squares. So I'm I'm envisioning, because you said you were over, like, in the corner, correct? Right. I've got an immediate interrupt. Can I use that? Sure. I've got price of violence. Oh. And I'm going to blind you. Good damn it. 
Well, wait, 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 wait. Uh, so he rolled a 30, so if he's blinded, it'll still be a 25. Does that still beat Red's Fort, fortitude? Yeah, yeah so... Yep, yep. So here's the thing, Dav. You can you can still use it because you want to truly protect your person who you think is not harmful. Um, but it won't. Yeah, it won't have the effect that you think it's going to have. So okay. Here but you go. can still you can still do it. So do you still want to do it? Yeah, I'll do. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I invoke the thunder slam, and since he's in the corner. Instead of pushing back three squares, because there is no back, because he's against the wall, it kind of picks him up a square and a half and drops him back down. Okay. I so, see how uh, you are. So Red, Red gets to go. Now, is anybody else going to get involved in this? Oh, yeah, Bobber is. He's standing right there. I want to be a bouncer. Just try and make <laughs> sure this doesn't cause any collateral damage. Okay, so everybody needs to roll initiative then. Okay. <laughs> that first part was a surprise part, because nobody really expected it. I am the best initiatizer ever. <laughs> but it works. I have no desire to be in this fight. So it's like whatever. Don't even worry about it, guys. Oh, and well, you don't. You my... don't. So, so uh, Pangold, if you don't want to involve yourself, you can just go outside. Or well, I'm just trying to keep the yeah. damage control. Just to make sure that there aren't any people caught in crossfire or that. There's no like major property. So you're so you're sort of ushering people out of the building. Yeah. Okay. Move along, people. Nothing to and, see here. <laughs> and Sam, that initiative, my my nine, it's plus seven. I missed the plus seven. Okay, so who got the highest here? Um, Buffer. Oh, mine would have been a sixteen. I got yeah, nineteen. So Elick, what did Elick get? Uh, sixteen. Okay, so sixteen is the highest. No, Buffer has oh, a 19. Buffer is the highest, okay. Then it looks like black. Uh, I had a 14. Mine's correct. So okay. that would be Buffer and then uh, Alec and then me. And then it looks like Dav. Or no, Joy Sword. I'm last. So I rolled an 8. Oh, I guess Dav. No, rolled. Dav rolled oh, a 6. I'm lower than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so uh, Boffer, what are you doing? So you, okay. Boffer, you see Elic do the, you know, cast a spell, and you see Red sort of lift up and be slammed down on the ground, and and he's like pops back up, and he's just standing there, and they're really aggressive towards each other. What are you doing? Okay, I'm well, smiling I'm... at him. I'm not aggressive towards <laughs> anybody. <laughs> am I am I adjacent to Red at this point? Yeah, I mean, you're all like sitting. You're all standing around where the table was, where he, you know, where he was sitting. All right. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is just say to Dav, like, "You stay out of this, priest. Like, this is dwarf business. <laughs> like, and you want to know a real dwarf custom? It's it's teaching each other manners. And with that, I'm going to give him this. I'm going to do a activating Skald's armor, Skald's leather armor before he rolls. Is that a free action? It's an immediate interrupt trigger. Enemy targets you with a melee attack. Okay. So. Okay. Let's see. So I'm going to do uh, Bell Ringer. Um, this is an attack versus Fortitude. Um, okay, so that's versus Fortitude. That's a hit. Okay, but I'm redirecting the attack to his brother. Isn't okay. he like across the room? 
He just said he, we were all adjacent. You're, oh, you're okay. all standing around the table, so. Oh, okay. I mean, he's probably five feet back because he did a ranged attack, but you're all within the distance of being able to target each other. Okay. Well, who is, so it automatically redirects then, or? Yeah, but you still have to roll damage. Just trigger an enemy and said targets and the creature of your choice adjacent to you. So it would it would target him, and then... So Boffer attacked, attacked Red, but Red has special armor that causes his, some attacks to redirect. Um, so how much damage? Um, it's only three damage, uh, but unfortunately my brother is now dazed until the end of my next turn. <laughs> okay. Because, like, I, I wasn't going to, like, kill him or anything. I just wanted to, like, teach him some common sense. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, okay. I did that by hitting my brother in the head. That'll teach him. Yeah, it seems like your brother needed yeah. some manners, huh? <laughs> For hitting me with a weapon. I thought this was supposed <laughs> to be the dwarven way, fisticuffs. Okay, so, uh, so, uh, so Black, what are you doing? <laughs> Sit there with my arms crossed. You're not going to attack? No. I don't need to attack them. They aren't at my level, and I make that clear to them. Pangold, what are you doing? I'm guiding people out, trying to make sure everybody's out, uh, out of harm's way, uh, offering them free drink vouchers next time they come <laughs> in. <laughs> okay. Dav, what are you doing? I'm going to walk straight up to um, Boffer and just punch him with my fat fist. <laughs> Jeremy gets to roll a save on his turn, right? It's okay. it's until the end of Boffer's next turn. Okay. That's the, that's the power. I missed sorry, that part, dude. sorry. Yep, it's all right. <laughs> Can't we all just drink along? I'm going to go up now and punch you now, Buffer. Stop! <laughs> Woohoo! Buffer, does that hit your AC? Uh, 24. Mm-hmm. No, it does not. So... So, Dav, you walk up and you punch him, and your 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 hand. Now stand there shaking my hand, going, "Oh!" oh yeah, exactly. Oh, it hits his oh. armor and it hurts. <laughs> Just punch now me in the helmet. Ouch! <laughs> stop fighting! You've just hurt the cleric. Stop it! Stop it! Okay. Anything else? This is this is not to be seen of heroes. Now stop it! Ow! God. Look, I'm bruised. <laughs> All right, Boffer, what are you doing? Um, I'm gonna do a grappling strike. Actually, I'm just I just want to grab him and be like, "Listen, punk." <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be uh, I'll be twenty. Even though I didn't hurt you, you're just gonna ignore the fat dude. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is against your AC. You hit. Okay, I'm sorry about this part, but. Do your due uh, diligence. There you go. Okay. Ooh, I'm bloody. Gavel drops to the floor and grabs Boffer's leg, going, stop fighting! Stop fighting! Oh, good. That wasn't too bad. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not bloody. I'm good. <laughs> okay, that's that's just nine damage. Okay, I thought it was 24 damage. I was like, ouch. Um, I'm bloody. <laughs> um, But you are grabbed. Yes. I pat you on the shoulders and I laugh in your face. I like you. Let's get some dormant ale for you and your brother. Pat him on the back. 
Okay, so does Black remember that Boffer doesn't drink? Black doesn't know Boffer. Oh, that's I don't know true. Huh? That's true, huh? Okay. So, uh, well, that's what a dwarf would do. He would offer dwarf. That's ale. true. That's true. I, I see that as a sign of kindness, but I'm still not totally pleased with you yet. And if you don't like ale, then I'm sure that there's some water or apple juice behind the bar. <laughs> For the kids. That's right. I can get you a tippy cup. For the short beards. Devil stand looking confused. What? What just happened? You were All fighting, right. and now you're not fighting. So the problem enough. is, wait, wait, wait. But it's, Alex, it's Alex's turn. Well, I think just as a free action, Boffer's going to just, like, release the grab and just start to chuckle a little bit now. See, the problem is, is, like, Black knows that you're part of the party, and he won't hurt anybody in the party. So he was like, oh, i got to find a way to get out of this without attacking, you know? He's, he runs over to Dov yeah. and yeah, shouts, what's the meaning it, of this? So Alec runs over to Dov and grabs him by the collar and shouts, what's the meaning of this? Who is this dwarf? But who who is that intimidate roll for? It's for Dov. Dov, you need to roll, um, let's see, you're going to oppose his intimidate with a wisdom check. 16. So uh, you're not intimidated by Alec's... Uh, I'm, not in, oh, I'm not intimidated by you. You, you can't demand answers. Um, I, I've met him before. I've met him before. Okay, so so Jeremy, when you were offline, uh, Boffer grabbed Red and and uh, and hit him, but then Red was basically like said something like, you know, what are you doing? You know, we're, we should be settling this with a pint of ale or something, and uh, and Boffer let him go and sort of chuckled a little bit, but still doesn't really trust him. And then you ran over to Dov and, and tried to intimidate him and said, what is the meaning of this? And Dov basically said, wait, 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 I, I've met him before. I've met him before. And that's sort of where we're at. All right. But it's your, it's your turn and you're no longer dazed. So, Well, that would have been my move and my standard for the for the skill check. Mm-hmm. So um, I, don't, I don't have a minor I want to do. So I'm, okay. I'm hoping for answers from Dov. Come here with some with your fairy fire. Drink some Dwarven ale with me. Quit being a warry wart. Yeah, I let's sit and drink. Elk. That's what All my right. turn is. That's it. Say that to Elk. Okay. Uh, well, so is is everybody agreeing to not fight anymore? Then is that what we're saying? Yeah, Boffer's not going to fight anymore. If anything, he's going to sit down at the table now. Kind of, he, he puts his hammer in front of him. On the table, but I mean, he's not—he's not fighting. He's just sitting down. And Alec looks to his older brother and kind of follows suit, but still clearly isn't um, comfortable with this yet. All right. And I tell them, uh, you know, I tell them about when we last left off in Cabbage Patch. They took off running, and then all the fingers pointed at me because I was the last one in the room, and they left me in the in jail. Until just shortly after, and I was. But that's but that's not true. But that's not true because you left right. the room. But they were drunk, so they don't know, and they were fighting. So all they know is that I left the room. They don't know what happened to Red after that. I try to yeah. forget that thing. So right. as you're telling them this, the bartender, the barkeep, comes in, and he's really pissed off. There's and no damage said, done. He says, "I know." That you went out to the forest and you helped my people. But I'm going to ask you to kindly leave, or you can take a room upstairs and sleep it off. You've chased out all my customers for the night. 
You've scared the townsfolk half to death. Well, I would give you gold, but it doesn't speak loudly here, so I'll go up to the room and sleep it off. I'm going to twiddle my thumbs ashamedly and <laughs> say, that I'll, say that I'll do the same thing. I'll apologize to the young innkeeper um, for their reckless behavior, and I, I'm sure it must have been the stresses of the day, uh, uh, and I'm terribly sorry. He just glares at everybody. No, I, I toss I two gold I, coins at him and walk away. I had some problems there uh, with Skype, but did I miss where now everybody knows who Red is? No. No. We, we just no, kind of no, stopped. No. You just, you, 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 the fight stopped because Boffer grabbed Red, and Red, Red didn't fight back. He just stood there and took it and then basically said, we should be dealing with this over a pint of ale. Why? Why are you keep? Why are you? You know, grabbing me. You know, and it's funny that Skype did cut out where it did because basically you were dazed until the end of my <laughs> next turn. That's right. <laughs> so you really are like, what happened? Wow, Sam, how'd you do that? <laughs> so, so basically. Uh, Pangold ushered all of the people who hadn't escaped right away, ushered them outside. They ran away screaming and yelling and scared half to death. And Dav was trying to talk some sense into Boffer. And, uh, and you were dazed. And then Boffer and, uh, and Red sort of came to terms with, okay, we don't really want to fight. And then you sort of got undazed and grabbed Dav, who was standing next to you, and said, what's going on here? Tell me what this is. And then the and then, you know, Boffer and Red sat down and sort of put their weapons on the table, and then the barkeep came in. So you didn't miss anything, okay. but nothing was resolved either. All right. Well, as as Alex sees Red going up the stairs, he kind of grabs Boffer on the shoulder and says, "We need to find out more about what's going on here. I don't trust this guy." Like, Boffer's just trying to remember that there was even a problem in the first place. Like, oh, oh yeah, like, we were supposed to meet somebody, but then they weren't here. And who's this guy? Yeah, we should we should figure this out with our friends here. I don't I don't like secrets being kept around me. I like so are secrets they talking? part of the secrets. Are they at the table talking, Sam? I'm talking with Elik as, like, we go up the stairs. Okay. Yeah, the, the bartender is, is glaring at everybody, and he told you, basically, get the hell out of his tavern. If you don't have anywhere else to go, take a room upstairs, but you're not getting any more food or drink tonight. Sleeping on an empty stomach is just not right. Somehow I don't think yours is actually empty. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, is there a window in the room I take? Yeah, there's um, a, at least one. there's at least one window in every room, but it's on the second story, so... That's why I don't want to climb down. Are we all going to our rooms? I want to stealth out and climb down, <laughs> come back as black. Well, so the, 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 the tavern keep is locking up the tavern. So if you climb out, I don't know how you're going to get back in. Knock on the door <laughs> and hope he answers. Hey, I got a room up there. Let me in. What's all the commotion? So when we followed Red up the stairs, did we go to our own room then? I think I'm just going to assume that dwarves bunk together and sort of follow Red where he goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could assume as a door hit you in the nose <laughs> I'm wearing a helmet though That's <laughs> true I mean that's Samuel's call He'll have to let me know Well I mean if he's following you in And you go to shut the door He's going to catch the door and be like Hey I'm sleeping in here too So. Oh you are I paid the coin for the room 
Yeah, we'll split it. I'll pay for tomorrow. Okay, sure. That's fine. Then I'll wait for them to go to sleep and come back as black. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, either which way, I'm good. (laughs) Well, that's fine, but as red, we have questions. Because uh, we've we've been on the surface. I'm an outcast. Um, We want to know who you are, where you're from exactly, what's going on, why are you here... You know, lots and lots of questions for a dwarf. Yeah, answer as... them in the morning when the ales wore off. It wore off? You're a dwarf. That's not how it works. Well, <laughs> it's worn off the... as you're drinking it. I have to have some of the hair of the dog that bits me when I get up. I'll have a great story for you then. Don't worry. Okay. So you're a werewolf then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like you a lot. <laughs> you and your fairy fire. All right, well... And your pixie sticks. <laughs> All right. Boffer chuckles at that because, like, he sometimes pokes fun at Elik as well about the whole thing. <laughs> later, he's decided in his mind already he's going to tell Red later about his nickname being Puddles so they can have that inside joke going on. Nice. But he's going to he's gonna wait until he knows more about about Red. Okay. Um, well, let's, let's just get some sleep. Let's let's hunker down and, and get some. Well, sleep. you guys, you guys, you guys aren't in the same room with the dwarves, right? That's right. Dwarves only. I scrawl on a piece of paper and put I on the outside. I can hear them talking through the wall. <laughs> Shut up in there. Get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Alec follows his brother's uh, example and goes to bed unhappily, right. but goes to bed. Well, Black needs to roll a stealth roll then. Okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Okay. That is ridiculous. So Black goes out the window, and no one hears him. And then he goes back around to the front, and he finds the door barred. There's a barred at the door? Oh, no. (laughs) I knocked on the door. He finds the door barred. (laughs) Uh, And there's no answer. I knock louder. What's everybody's uh, passive perception? Twenty. Four. No, wait. Sorry. <laughs> it can't be below ten. <laughs> yeah. It was fourteen. Negative six. Fourteen. So Boffer has twenty. That's uh, that's the highest one. Yeah. Okay. So Boffer, <clears throat> you hear a loud knocking on the door downstairs. It wakes you up, it's so loud. Okay, well, I'm not a morning dwarf. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like being woken up. You've Uh, only been asleep for about an hour. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just like, sleep time. Time for sleep. (laughs) That's what it's for. Nothing else. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to look out the window then. Well, the windows are in the back, right? Because the... The rooms are all in the back of the tavern on the uh-huh. second floor, and the door is on the front. All right. Well, do I notice anything with the window? Like, has it been left open or anything like that? Nope. I'm afraid to go back downstairs because I don't want that guy chewing us out anymore. To, to, lose, <laughs> to, lose the pa- to lose the patronage of the tavern in the only town we make residence in is not a good idea. Uh huh. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna poke Elick awake. Uh, what is so, it? Like, don't you have like something you can do to like look outside and see who's out there? 
use some of that crazy magic stuff you do? Crazy magic stuff. You're like still waking up. What are you talking about? I don't understand. What are you? What are you saying? What do you want? I don't know. I just hit stuff, but you can like shoot things that can't see and make loud noises. I have no grasp of your powers. It's like, go see who's outside without leaving the room. Quick, because I want to go back it's, to bed. And now I'm hearing the knocking. I hear yeah, that. once he points it out to you, you hear it just fine. But it's more like a pounding on the door. It's not a knocking. Right. <laughs> it's not subtle. <laughs> right. Oh, Buffer, you big baby, just open the door. I don't like being called a baby, but I'm willing to put up with it. <laughs> Because <laughs> everybody gets one. And, uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to slowly open the door and see if I can sneak down. Now, to open whenever the door. Sam, when he opens the door, is there any light that filters into the room from the hallway? No, the, the barkeep went around and tuned all the candles out. Okay, so I'm just going to assume then that we still think red's in the bed because it's dark. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Well, I I put my helmet on, and because uh, that's what I need to do, and uh, try and sneak down the stairs. Okay, so roll roll a stealth. <laughs> oh, he's know. got a helmet and a loincloth. <laughs> no, just a helmet. <laughs> Your le- leopard Please. print dwarven speedo. The helmet Please faces the loincloth. Please. No, remember I wear that little brown cape. I'm just wearing that. And you can't see anything underneath it, but I look normal. Just his beard. Okay. <laughs> clunk, clunk, clunk. Okay. So that's my stealth. Eleven. That's your stealth? Alright. Uh, yeah. Does everybody's passive perception beat that role? I would hope so. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Hell, I hear him all the way outside. <laughs> Finally, someone's coming to the door. Uh, so all you guys in the room next door, you hear Boffer trying to sneak out of his room and down the stairway. And, of course, Dov, your first thought is, he's going down to the kitchen. <laughs> oh, midnight snack. What a great idea. <laughs> Okay, I'll get up and open my door to my room as well, quietly. <laughs> okay. I don't think I have still. <laughs> Not worth rolling. Oh. <laughs> so, Boffer, <laughs> as you're sneaking down the stairs, you get really freaked out because you start hearing footsteps behind you. Yeah. My perception is amazing, so I'm, like, super aware of how noisy I am, and it makes me mad. I'm like... Stupid, stupid puddles. He should have gone out and done this. Should make me go do this. I don't know who's out there. Contemplating getting my hammer, and then I hear this thud, thud, thud behind me. <laughs> oh, dang. Okay, so you, you get downstairs, and there's still something pounding on the door. Uh, I have pounding on one side, thudding on the other side. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to look behind me and see what's coming down the stairs or coming my direction. Only it's, like, pretty dark, so... Dad will knock on the um, other guy's door and say, Hey, guys, there's somebody at the front door. But, but you know, stage whisper-like. 
Well, but you you were following him down the stairs, right? Yeah, it's a little corridor. Was it? Do I go past their room, or is it straight down the stairs? Well, everybody else is in the room with you. There's only two rooms. Fair enough. I'll just follow him down the stairs. Can I see who it is? Yeah, you could tell that it's Boffer because he's got his helmet with the horns on it. Hey, <laughs> no horns. It's just a white helmet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so. Boffer, so, are you going to the kitchen? So, Boffer, as you're turning around to, to find out who's behind you, he's suddenly, like, really close to you and says, Are you going to the kitchen? (laughs) 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 I turn around and say, Why does everyone always assume I'm going to the kitchen? (laughs) And you still hear pounding on the door. No, I'm going to open this door. Here, what? Tell you what, you open the door. What? Oh, oh okay. Who is it anyway? I don't know. We could be letting anybody in. Well, yell through the door. I don't know. I don't want to wake him up because he's already mad at us. Yeah, you've got a point. Okay, go over to the door. Can we sort of like lean against the door and go, who is it? Banana. Do I hear that? Who's out there? You hear Dav say, Who's there? Hey, Dav. (laughs) It's the best there is, was, or ever will be. Let me in. Guys, open the door. It's James Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Don't open the door. (laughs) That sounds like Black. Yeah, my question is. My question is, does his voice change? Like, am I re- recognizing this voice as being Red's voice? Uh, I would hope changes, my voice changes. It, it, it changes in quality and tone, but I, you know, there's... Eh, okay. We have to hear him talk a lot and roll a really okay. good perception score to notice that there's any sort of... Recognize it's black, though, yeah. don't Yeah, Dad recognizes oh, that it's black. Okay. Yeah, how's this thing locked? It's dark. It's just got a large plank uh, barring it. Damn, it took me ages to work that out. If it was a lock, I would have had it opened already, Dov. Come on. <laughs> okay, let's quietly slide the bolt, the, the log out or whatever. Okay, I think even if we assist each other, this is going to be a failed attempt to quietly do anything. <laughs> <laughs> is this, is well, this I think stealth? he's already pounded on the door enough that uh, it doesn't really matter if you're quiet or not. We'll try anyway. Appreciate the door ever. <laughs> oh, look, when it matters, I can roll. When it doesn't matter, I can a roll. 20. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Black is standing there and thinking, ah, oh, they can't figure out how to open the door. And Dov opens the door so gracefully that it makes no noise and the door just swings in. Ah. You have been paying attention, Dov. Good job. <laughs> Where in Nether have you been? I pat, I grab him by the shoulders and I turn him around as I'm walking up the stairs and I say, "You know, Dov, this is a treasure trove here. All these grieving women and only one of me. But you know what they say? Once you go black, you never go back." And I keep walking up the stairs. 
You know, we're, releasing, we're releasing this to the public. <laughs> That's my character's name. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> A disclaimer, the Guild of Geeks are not racist. All right, now let's move on. Jesus. <laughs> All okay, right, now so what are you guys does, doing? Does he just walk clean past me, like doesn't even care that I'm there? Or like doesn't notice or what? I don't know. You tell me. All right, so I'm going to look at him, look out the door, all confused, and then in sort of a stereotypical movie wah-wah part, I'm just going to close the door <laughs> myself. <laughs> Put the thing back in place. Dom, um, what are you doing? Um, we'll, we'll, we'll quietly lock the door again. And um, well, I was heading for the kitchen. Anyone with me? I am. I'm hungry. <laughs> Worked up an appetite. I'm like, no, sleep time. Time for sleep. No, I, 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 I need a snack. Now I'm awake. I'll get it. You stay right here. I'm much better at this quiet stuff. Boffer goes back upstairs and goes to sleep. Okay. So, uh... Black He's mad that he likes to sleep. Black and, and Dov have a... <laughs> have a... Have a wonderful snack in the middle of the night, and then eventually get tired enough to go back up to their rooms and go to sleep. And uh, everyone goes to sleep, and everyone sleeps for two or three or four hours, uh, actually quite a long time. And then at around 5, 5.30 maybe in the morning, right as the sun is about to start peeking over the horizon, you're all woken up suddenly by uh, someone yelling and you hear like a blast sound and you hear like a fiery sound and uh, you hear Nikolai yell and then you hear people rushing up and down the stairs and up and down the hall and doors slamming shut and there's some sort of weird commotion and then you hear yelling outside and then it's silence. And all this takes place in about, oh, two minutes maybe. Some of you were awake right at the beginning. And some of you didn't wake up until near the end when it sort of got to be bad enough to wake you up. And uh, a few seconds after that, there's a pounding on your bedroom doors. And uh, the, the barkeep, the tavern keep is yelling, get up, get up. We need to put the fire out. Come on, get up, all of you. Come on. Oh, no, no, another fire. Must had a flashback. Flashback. <laughs> All right, let's go help him put the fire out. Do it. Yeah. So the fire is in the room basically next door. It's a little bit down the hall. <clears throat> um, and you notice that Nikolai is gone. Oh, man. I guys always setting stuff on fire. <laughs> hmm. All right, well, is there a well, some storage of well, water in here? As you're as you're sort of all tumbling out of the rooms and trying to wake up and figure out get your bearings and figure out what's going on, there's a couple of men running up the stairs and they've got buckets and they're saying, "Here, take these and throw them on the fire," and they're sort of going back down and they're trying to uh, they're trying to uh, get like a line of people going to put the fire out right. So everybody's sort of working together because this, of course, is the only tavern in town. I make sure they're not throwing ale. We can't waste ale now. 
So you taste the water? Yes. <laughs> no wasting ale. It's just uh, Dabble okay. try and give basic instructions to people. To, oh, yes, throw the water that way, but get slowly walking backwards and trying to get out of the inn, away from the fire. I just want to go out <clears> where I was. Okay. Well, the and only people as... around is everybody here. I mean, and then there's the two guys that are sort of running back and forth with buckets and whatnot, and the tavern keep. Yes, run faster, run faster. No, 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 uh, you carry it. I'm okay. Uh, throw it there, throw it there. <laughs> well, as um, Alex's nickname is Puddles because of the the storm power inside of him, and it causes him to, to his body just leaks water, especially when he sleeps. Um, he, he grabs the blanket. It's yes. called wetting the bed. <laughs> <laughs> he grabs the soap blanket off the bed. To him? <laughs> I, I think he did. Yeah. He, he grabs the, uh, the the soaked blanket off the bed and tosses it at the fire as well to help put it out. Okay. So it doesn't take very long to put the fire out. It was a, a very localized area that was on fire, almost like a spell was cast. And uh, and and that's where the wall caught on fire, so to speak. Um, and you notice that the window has been broken out, and uh, there's been somewhat of a scuffle in that room over there. Is, is everyone okay? I'm I'm fine, perfect. Wait, where's Red? Yeah, yeah where did he go? And where's Nikolai? That's a good question. Where are they? <laughs> <laughs> Black says sincerely. <laughs> as sincere as Black gets, right? And, oh, and where's Pangold? <clears throat> He's probably still asleep. He's a heavy sleeper. Yeah, let's go wake him up. Pangold slept through it. <laughs> uh, what's that? Did I, did I miss anything? It smells like... Is, is someone grilling? I smell wood fire. Early morning club, it's got that mesquite smell to it. <laughs> Ooh, I hope it's ham. I love ham. So once the uh, once the fire's out and the and the tavern owner is satisfied that uh, it's not going to start again <clears throat> or you know flare up, that all the ashes are totally out and everything, he comes back and he pounds on the two doors in the rooms that you were staying at. He says, "I want you all to come out in the hallway now." I thought I was outside. <laughs> you aren't oh, sure Grumpy's for an innkeeper. So you don't hear that. As I walk past him, I mumble, Dick. You're pretty grumpy for an innkeeper. Jeez. We saved the town. We put the fire out. I mean, come on. I, I carouse with the women to make sure they're feeling better for your town. Everything your I do is... Your friend is the one that started the fire in the first place. Well, I'm sure... I want you I'm all sure out of my up. inn now. I look over at Gather your things, gather your things, and leave. That shouldn't be hard. There's an exit right in front of us. I mean, mean, come on. Be nice, there, innkeeper. What did we do? We put the fire out. We helped you help us. You started the fire. You started a fight last night. Get out of my inn. Where are we going to go, though, innkeeper? Do you have any other options? You would be looking for other options if you were polite to the building itself. He crosses. Okay. I write a note on the building. I'm sorry you burned. (laughs) Pack it up and walk out. (laughs) 
make a frowny face. <laughs> Is that polite enough for you, Innkeeper? And you guys and wonder why you have a bad reputation, and one of your <laughs> goals is to get get honor back to you guys. <laughs> uh, well, like Boffer doesn't like he he's just wondering where Nikolai is because like he can't exactly refute the claim that Nikolai put out the fire or put started the fire. And and Ellick's still kind of wondering what happened to Red because he still didn't trust that guy. <laughs> okay. I, I, as I walk down the stairs, does the innkeeper do I see the innkeeper's daughter and the innkeeper? He can see me too. No, she's not there. You haven't seen her. Uh, okay. Oh, I haven't seen her. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, not there was that. The very first time that the very first time that you guys were in town. Well, let's go, guys. We're unwelcome here. We shouldn't stay where we're not wanted. You guys coming outside? Yeah, I'm on my way outside. <laughs> Ellick uh, looks to Pangold and says, what, what do you think actually happened here? Oh, I'm gone. I'm long gone. I'm, I'm already looking for Nikolai. As soon as they said that she was that he was missing, I was already gone. Okay. Well, Ellick turns back to the uh, uh, innkeeper and says, I didn't start the fire. I don't know if someone else in our group did. Me and my brother are just passing through here, ran into these guys. Would you allow me to take a look and see if I can find any definitive evidence as to what happened upstairs? He's sort of standing there with his arms crossed. He says, your tiefling friend got in a scuffle with another friend of yours and started the fire. What other friend? Was it the, the red dwarf? Feel free to look in that room if you'd want, and you'll see that it's spellfire, and it's from your friend with the horns. But but he was fighting who, though? Like, who's our other friend? I don't know. He was talking. I didn't walk in on him. All right, well, Elliot grabs Boffer by the collar and starts back up the stairs to the room. Okay, yeah, we're going to go check out that room as early as we can. Unfortunately, we don't know too much about Nikolai, since we're both kind of new to uh, to the group here, but we'll definitely... I like to do a perception check, see if I can notice anything out of the ordinary from what we may have known about Nikolai. Well, you might want to do a Arcana because he said it was Spellfire. That's true, he said Spellfire. All right. Now keep in mind, you didn't see Red do anything, so you don't know what he's capable of. That's true. My Arcana check was a measly 16. Okay. Um, you can tell that the fire looks like it was confined to a particular spot and as though it was conjured by a spell type power that it wasn't like you know a candle fell over or a lantern fell over or someone lit oil on fire or something like that it was definitely an arcanic type fire uh but you can't really tell much more than that other than that there was a fight in the room and so pangold is outside yelling uh and uh no one answers. I mean, there's no one even up right now. It's it's like 5.30 in the morning, and the people are just barely waking up and eating breakfast and whatnot. Um, but, uh, Pangol, do you want to give me a perception check? Pangol, perception check. Maybe the elves took them. Um, so you, uh, you see lots of footprints on the outside of the tavern, like... Just below the window that was broken in that in the room that uh, that the fire was in, and uh, 
looked like somebody was dragging something, and then uh, that only lasted for a few, you know, 20 or 30 feet, and then you see lots of footprints uh, and no more dragging. Could I use my uh, nature to see if I can track those footprints? Sure. 28. They uh, head right out of town and turn south towards, towards the forest. Do I see him following that way? If so, I'm going to rouse everybody and get him going that direction. Yeah, if you went outside, you, you'll you see yep. him sort of looking around and then going that way. I think uh, Pangold's found a trail, guys. Come on. He's on, he's on Nikolai's trail. What would you say, Dav? I said I was just coming back in, and everyone's coming back mm-hmm. out now. Oh, well, not wait, everyone. The, the, the dwarves are still in the room upstairs. Are we leaving? Are we going? Yeah, I yell. Let's go, Nick. Uh, Pangold's got a trail. Wait, He's wait, let me grab my stuff. Let me grab my stuff. Yeah, we're, we're still standing up there scratching our heads. I'll go upstairs, grab my stuff, and shout to you. Those, hey, they're, they're going. Going where? <laughs> they're going. Uh, they're following a the trail. They're following a the trail. We need to... Um, I'm grabbing my stuff. Come on, let's go. All right. I quickly grab my stuff and imagine you like... I keep an same. eye on Pangold and wait for no, the group so that I'm in between, Samuel. So they can okay. see me as a point of reference. So everybody's following the trail to the south, then? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, right now we're trying to catch up to Pangold. Yeah, well... Uh, Pangold, are you running, or are you just... You're carefully following the trail? No, the first yes. thing I'm... The first thing I immediately think is that it's going to be back to where we were, so I'm just going breakneck towards where that uh, bug hole was. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so that's a good place to stop. So you're all running out of town. <laughs> Chasing Pangold. Yet again, we're running out of town. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. why. <laughs> burning down. I didn't start anything. I just instigated it all. That's all. I, I, I thought maybe you guys were going to try to talk to the barkeep and tell him, no, 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 we didn't start that fire and look... You know, our friend is gone, and something happened, and this is weird, and, you know. Sam, you're a GM. You can't assume things like that. I wouldn't I didn't, say I you didn't, that I didn't assume. Time. I didn't assume. I also <laughs> didn't expect you to get in a barroom brawl downstairs either, but... Uh, <laughs> we did, did we? <laughs> Again, I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, Elik and Boffer, they just... Other dwarves on the surface, it's just not right. There, There's problems there. <laughs> that's good times but um, it was fun though that's for sure I had a good time yeah, yeah for absolutely. sure alright Sam thank you yep thanks All a right. lot guys yeah thanks, thanks a lot Sam. Simon yep. Simon you have a good Wednesday I will I'm, I'm going back to bed for a couple of hours <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. All right, All right, guys. Sam, thanks a lot yeah, it was a good game it thanks. thanks bye yeah, see you later guys. Sam. bye bye guys <laughs> See you, Jared. The Guild of Geeks would like to thank Wizards of the Coast for producing 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons. Our opening music was utilized via a Creative Commons license from freesound.org, and it was performed by Van Westfold. We would also like to thank you, the listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode.